It is Locked on Jazz for the 9th of June. Danny Ainge speaks. What did we learn? That's next on Locked on Jazz. Pow. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked On Jazz. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all platforms and wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Yet Tuesday, yes, Tuesday, I sat down with Danny Ainge for 17 minutes. The entire interview is available at U- on YouTube at Utah Jazz uh, account, worth w- listening to. We're going to grab three or four snippets of it today. What he's looking for, whether he wants a creative coach, whether he wants a detail-oriented coach, what he's really looking for, what he wants to find out in the interview process, whether he involves the players on the roster in the conversation. And then his last answer to me, I thought might've been the most interesting because honestly, I asked one question. He answered something else a little bit. And I think that tells you where they are in the process. There are a plethora of candidates. He, he mentions in that interview that they are going to cast a wide net. Well, they have certainly done that. There's now a plethora of candidates that they have talked to, that they are going to talk to or that they are talking to. They include former head coaches Terry Stotts and Frank Vogel. They include Utah ja- former Utah Jazz assistants Alex Jensen, Johnny Bryant, and now Lamar Skeeter. They include assistant coaches around the NBA who have not been head coaches before in the Bucks, Charles Lee, the Suns, Kevin Young, the Celtics, Will Hardy. Uh, Joe Mullenex out of Boston as well has been mentioned. So, um, and Chris Quinn in Miami. Uh, Chris Quinn, super interesting um, because of his time with the Heat in that culture and Eric Spolstra. Um, so those are the names we're hearing. We, I will continue to um, update you and we will spend more time as the weeks go on here um, in the in the process of talking about them in the um, and breaking down who each of them are. If Ainge gave, you know, said that last time the Jazz uh, did this coaching search, it took six to seven weeks, and that was kind of the, his expectation of what we might have here as well. So it's clear we don't have an immediate hire coming anytime soon. That's actually the last question that he answers that I thought was so interesting. So that's the plan. And that's where the Jazz are. We'll start breaking those down. I apologize. Yesterday's show... About 10 minutes in, then the internet just got wonky. Uh, I was I was tr- definitely trying to get a lot of different things done. I'm back in the home studio. Um, and so uh, we'll dig back into it. Yesterday, one of the things I wanted to talk about was kind of who the Jazz staff is right now, most of which are probably, I think, still under contract because Quinn had years, they usually match. And some really interesting people 
in that group that were um, being talked about. One of them now, Lamar Skeeter, also on the interview list um, for the Jazz. And then there's some others that are, that are worth discussing. I'll try to get to that either today or tomorrow. Um, if I can, not maybe as head coaches, but as, you know, who know, who have kind of inside knowledge, know what's going on, you probably want them uh, still involved. All right, one quick note from the NBA Finals last night. Um, it, a few interesting notes. The Warriors are suddenly playing much more pick and roll than they did all of la- throughout the season. The Warriors are running about 20% more pick and roll plays than they did in the regular season. Their passes have gone down about 13% from about 314 a game to 270. Their shot quality is actually about the same. Um, so Boston's defense has altered them. And there'll be a lot of talk about Boston's defense because of that fourth quarter. But they have... They, the Warriors are still getting about the same shot quality. Their offense is still pretty good. It's interesting to me is that neither defense, two best defensive teams in the league, have really become dominant yet in this series in any way. So that, to me, is a fairly interesting little development there in this series that neither of these teams have been able to um, defensively put the clamps down the way I would have thought. Boston wins this game largely and maybe even exclusively because of offensive rebounding. They get 50% of their half-court misses back. That's a crazy number. And that's always been like the thought on how you beat up the Warriors is you do this, and Boston did it last night. 50% of their misses in the half-court were grabbed by the Warriors themselves. So that's pretty mammoth. Uh, a note on that one. So those are the two points statistically from last night's game that I would jump onto. All right, let's get to this interview. I'm going to actually just play you pieces of the YouTube uh, clips and let's um, have this, this for you and um, get your thoughts. I'm going to take a piece of the interview and then we'll let you hear it and then we'll discuss it um, for you coming up here on the show. Here we go. All right, so here is part one that I think is the most important part. It's a two-parter where I asked Danny um, a, a question I actually first asked him many, many years ago. Ironically enough, this is a conversation you and I actually first had like in 1985, I think, 95, I think, um, at a summer league in Utah, I asked you whether or not a head coach could be both very detailed-oriented and also very creative at the same time. Can someone have both those qualities at the same time? Detail and creative? Yeah, I think so. I think that, um, yeah, I think you can. I mean, like a lot of coaches um, will be very creative and then they'll move towards simplification. I don't know very many that start out, you know, simplifying the game that become more creative. Um, But I think you can have parts of both. Do you have a preference? Um, I think they're both important. I'm not sure I have a preference. I think maybe depending on your team, your personnel, um, like I've been, I've been a coach and I I was one of those coaches that set out, I was going to have five different defensive schemes and we were going to be the best defensive team that ever lived. And, uh, at the, the longer I coached, the more I simplified just because of the personnel we had, like we just, we couldn't, you know, do things on the run as much. And in, a, in an era where there was much more practice, um, but it was still difficult. And I, I noticed, um, you know, the Pat Riley's, 
um, the Don Nelsons, they, they kept things a little bit more consistent and had less defensive schemes. You have a unique perspective. There aren't a lot of people who've been a former player, a former coach who are, who've also hired before who are hiring again. Like the, I don't, I don't think that resume exists in many places. You're saying I'm old, basically. I wasn't. I was going with experienced <laughs> and unique, but we can go with old. What do you think that, um, that, that unique perspective gives you in this search? You know, I've tried to think about that, like just in the last 24 hours, like I've been thinking about all of the great coaches I've been around and all the great qualities and characteristics and from Casey Jones and Rick Adelman and Paul Westfall, like they were all fantastic coaches in different ways. And, um, and then the coaches that, um, that I've, you know, that those are the coaches I played for, but the coaches I've, I've been an executive for like Doc and Brad and. Anyway, there's, and then coaches that I've watched very closely, like Phil Jackson, uh, obviously everybody's following Steve Kerr and their, and their um, success over the last decade. Um, I think that they, there's a lot of characteristics. We talked about a few of them, but you know, one thing I always appreciated about Phil Jackson's technique, and I, and I see a little bit of this in Kerr as well, is you know, it's, your, it's your job to get a team to perform at their best. And it's, but doing that, it's, it's not, you don't coach them all the same. You know, you take an each individual and trying to maximize theirs into a team. And, um, and, and players are, are people and they're different. They're all different. You can't coach them all the same. Some are more difficult, some are really easy. Some need to be taught to be more free. Some need to be, you know, handcuffed a little bit and, and be taught to conform a little bit more. So being able to manage all of the personalities, especially on an NBA level where there's so much money and there's big egos and big dreams and all-star appearances lead to, you know, millions more dollars and um, it's complex. And you also have to be able to manage chaos and um, everybody wants a beautifully run machine, but my NBA experience tells me that most of the great players and most of the great teams I've been around are mostly chaos. And so managing an entire organization, all that it entails from medical staffs to training staffs to travel, which hotel you playing and, and 17 players and their agents, um, you're managing a lot of chaos and and sometimes you have to focus on some of the chaos as opposed to just the basketball it would be nice if i could just like concentrate on what offense we're going to run tonight for the game but the job is much much bigger than that i thought that was probably the most important comment danny ainge makes in this entire interview the managing of the chaos, of the way Steve Kerr and the way Phil Jackson did it. So let's talk about that, what it means when you think about that list of coaches, what's he looking for? There's some interesting aspects of that, and then we'll learn more from Danny as we look through of what he said about the interview process, player involvement, and then the final piece of what he shared. That's all coming up as we continue on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Today's show is a Wednesday or Thursday edition is brought to you by uh, my good friends over at Summit Cap. Summit Cap is a Summit Capital is a Utah County group. Uh, David Lillywhite, Jeff, Matt, the whole crew over there. I remember the first time I came in and and sat down with them. 
uh, they invested in Lockdown is the backstory. And now they're looking for you uh, or someone you might know for a unique investment. And I'll tell you about it. But the first time I walked in, Jeff's a, Jeff's a big uh, Lockdown listener. Um, and I, I, could t- I could tell right away that this was not the venture capital group that was going to be uh, driving me and forcing me on what my exit day is and when do we have to get out of this and all of, you know, this, you know, how are you, what's your exit strategy? And frankly, I didn't know any of those things. I didn't know what I was doing um, as a business owner and raising money and all that. Um, and so it was just a great experience with, with, with Matt and David and Jeff. And, and I'm really buttering up David right now because his daughter and my daughter are playing in a match coming up here in like an hour. So I'm just being really nice to him so that, you know, hope, no, I'm just kidding. Um, that is true. But uh, anyway, Summit Cap is looking to provide capital for management seeker seeking to buy out owners of businesses they work in. So you work in a business, the owner is kind of at one stage of their career, they're settled, they're doing well, you're looking at that business, you're like, we could do so much more with this. What could we do? And Summit's going to come in, give you the capital to be able to buy out the owner. The owner's happy. They're done. They got their out. And you guys work together to be able to build this company to the next step. And then everybody uh, really wins it. Also, owners just seeking to sell their business or entrepreneurs seeking more capital. Good people, really down to earth. They're not going to sit there and hammer you about, well, fine, we're going to do this, but we have to be out in eight months. We have to be out some artificial, ridiculous timeline that ruins your whole essence of business. That's not who they've been at all. They invest long-term. They were great. They were stunned when we told them and we were selling and they were happy as could be. So uh, just good people. Uh, reach out to Matt specifically at 801-796-2033. That's a you can text them at 801-796-2033 or you can email LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. That's LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. I have um, taken a bunch of emails. If you know, you're driving right now or you're listening and you can't remember that, feel free to just email me and I'll set you guys up. Today's show is also brought to you by Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life. That starts with what you eat. Now your body feels. So Sakara makes you nutritious, dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Looking and feeling your best should not mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic, plant-rich, transformational nutritional games are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you what you need to live with organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program, functional wellness essential. Check it out. Right now, we're getting 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash lockdown20. That's sakara.com slash lockdown20. Make sure you enter lockdown20 at checkout. S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash lockdown20. You get 20% off your first order. Thanks very much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen today. Lockdown NBA Big Board is a great second listen for you to get ready for the draft. Okay. So that answer from Ainge, really, really interesting on a lot of parts. And what's most interesting to me about this is the amount of first year, first time head coaches they're interviewing. Because what Ainge is really saying is that two things that jumped out to me on that. That's why I played the whole thing together. One is your your job as a head coach is managing chaos. You can come in and tell me about your basketball X's and O's. You can come in and tell me about your philosophies. You can tell me about all these different things. And you'll allude to this again. But what are you doing when the S hits the fan? What are you doing when the superstar doesn't want to do what you want to do? What are you doing when, you know, injuries strike? What are you doing when 
Who knows in this league? Because there's always kind of nutty, crazy stuff going on. What are you doing in those circumstances? How are you getting through, as Rudy Tomjanovich used to talk about, the three storms in a season? Rudy Tomjanovich used to say that every season has three storms and he wants to have guys on his roster that can handle the storms. Our team last year, fair to say, may have gone through a storm against the Clippers and they never got out of that hurricane. They just never fought through, fought out of that storm. How do you get through those storms as, if you're the head coach, is what Ainge is saying. that that's You might want to be working on your X's and O's, but really you're going to be working on dealing with the chaos at all times and managing that chaos and how do you figure it out. The other one I thought was really interesting is you might come as the most creative, most brilliant head coach there with all sorts of this and that and these and those. And as time goes on, you're going to simplify. And as your team gets better, you're going to simplify it. That's what we saw with Quinn. When he had a team that was Trey Burke and I don't even remember those pieces that weren't very good, then he was doing he was doing all sorts of different items in which he uh, was trying to trick the other team. But as the team got better and the team got better, he did less and less and less because of the fact that you just have players that are making plays. Um, so, and, and Ainge said, hey, I came with, as a coach, I wanted to have five defensive schemes and do all these different things. And then I watched with Don Nelson, I watched what Pat Riley were doing, and I realized, well, they're just doing one or two things really, really well. And I'm gonna, so we're going to do that instead. And I think, you know, what's so interesting about me about this coaching list is how do you determine whether Alex Jensen, Johnny Bryant, Lamar Skeeter, Chris Quinn, Will Hardy, Charles Lee, Kevin Young can handle chaos when none of them have ever taken that move to that seat in the NBA level. Now, being a G League head coach is some of that chaos. Kevin Young and Alex Jensen have both been G League head coaches because that chaos is your roster's changing all the time. You're trying to get guys to buy in who have no interest in being part of a team. They're just trying to make the league. There's a different chaos to being a G League head coach that some of those guys have experienced. Is that tell you enough uh, on that? So it's that's a really, really interesting kind of mix and match here that certainly you want Frank Vogel to talk about chaos. He's pretty well aware of chaos. You want Terry Stotts to talk about chaos? He dealt with the LaMarcus Aldridge, Damian Lillard problems that they had in Portland That when LaMarcus finally decides he wants out, um, you know, for various ridiculous or re- legitimate reasons, depending your point of view. And so I think when you start to, you know, when you start to, it's going to be really interview interesting in that interview process because, you know, Vogel and Stotts come with just so much more background knowledge, so much more past success on who they are and what they've done. One of these other guys is going to have to, I think, really prove to them if that Danny hires one of those guys, I think you're going to have to see that he's like, wow, that he's the same way he was with Brad Stevens. One of the things I asked Danny was, what do you find out in the interview process um, and what are you looking to find in the interview process? Uh, here's what he had to say. Get this right. When you sit down with a coach for an interview, what is it you're trying to discover? I'm trying to kind of find out who he is. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of basketball discussion. Uh, I want to know how he thinks. Um, you know, but we also do a lot of background checks. I also talk with a lot of people that have worked with each one of these people and just to find out who they are. But I want to know just their family dynamic and I want to know how they think. 
how they, what they feel about questions we talk about, like with chaos and what sort of organization they want to run. And, um, you know, is that realistic or, you know, they obviously haven't learned what I've learned potentially if they're like, you know, I want to run like Greg Popovich runs in San Antonio and I want Tim Duncan and Mono Ginobili and they're the most, you know, obedient stars that have ever lived. And, you know, well, what would you do if you coached Charles Barkley <laughs> or Kevin McHale? And uh, anyways, it's um, it's a fascinating process, but I'm looking forward to it. There it is again. The mention of chaos and the mention of the contrast between the obedient Tim Duncan, Kevin, uh, Manu Ginobili, and the Kevin McHale and the Charles Barkley player. And that, that whenever I review an interview, I, I'll follow the script. You do the rundown. On the right-hand side, I always write down words. Like if, I, if someone's doing an interview and I'm trying to decipher what they're really telling me, I'll write down the word chaos was kind of a consistent word from Danny in this interview. How are you managing the chaos? What are you doing in the in those circumstances? To him, that's clearly what's either important for us as a team right now or just generally important. It goes back to the first part of the interview, and you can go get this entire interview at YouTube at utahjazz.com, where I ask him about Brad Stevens and Doc Rivers and why they were so successful. He gives two very different answers um, between the two. And I think, you know, go back and listen to it, hear it yourself and see uh, what it is that you um, that you hear there and whether or not you think there's something that he may have, have said about kind of that tells you anything that he may be looking for um, in this in this match, in this match for the Utah Jazz, because I think that's a really interesting, it's right out of the shoot. It's worth going to grab um, and just go, you know, I'm giving you snippets, but it's much better to listen to the entire interview and get the feel for everything um, that Danny was saying uh, there. All right. One of the biggest questions everybody has on this is what about player involvement? And, you know, what, what is he going to do? I mean, specifically, people want to know about Donovan and Rudy. But just in general, what is player involvement? And I asked him about that. As you go in this process, there's a fascination about player involvement. What is the role of the players that are currently on the roster in the search? So, you know, like I've always believed in player involvement. I, I was always appreciative when, um, when Red Arback would ask me a question about things going on with our team, even a potential trade that he was contemplating. Um, I've involved my players. Um, just, you know, I, some of it is I'd really like to know what they have to say on um, because they may know somebody. Uh, they may have played. So in our situation right now, um, if there's been a particular player that has an association of some sort with a specific coach, I absolutely would be mistaken if I'm not going to spend time with that player. And then there's times when you just want them to feel included and you want to make them, make them aware of the process that you're going through. But I felt, you know, as a coach and an executive with players that you have to sell them on what you're doing. Whatever it is, if you're making a trade, uh, you know, that they might not like, you have to be able to sell why you're doing it. And um, ultimately it will, and, and that's just to get them in the right frame of mind so they can give that change an opportunity to succeed. Um, but, you know, I believe players are partners in this thing too. So, yes, I think player involvement is important. Final thing. So, super interesting 
on multiple levels, and we'll touch on them uh, as we two different things: the way you play involvement, how important it is, and as a data point, uh, we'll check on all of those items. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all gaming action, things of that sort. Uh, all at BetOnline.net. Bunch of uh, fun things going on with the NBA Finals at this point is after the Celtics win last night. Uh, if you still believe in the Warriors, you can get the Warriors uh, at plus 190. The Celtics are at minus 220 now. Celtics are a four-point favorite for game four coming up here tomorrow. NBA series props, they have all sorts of fun um, aspects to it. Whether the Celtics, if you think the Warriors are going to win this in seven, you can get that at plus 300. Warriors at six is plus 700. Um, series spread, total games, all sorts of fun items there. Uh, by the way, if you want to have real fun, the Lakers, they have the over-under win set at 46.5 for the Lakers. A lot of fun things going on over at Bet Online, where the game begins. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Why would you pay 30, 50, or 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is here to take care of you with their old school, easy to navigate website. It is the solution for all your auto part needs. Check it out, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, even new carpet, windshield wipers, whatever it might be. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every single customer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on the how you hear about a section and you'll make sure you put in locked on on the how you hear about a section. It's rock auto. It's amazing selection. It's reliably low prices. It's all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. So Danny Ainge, by the way, if you have not gone to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey, we do need you to do that. If you please could, thank you very much. Rebecca emailed me and said she's already done it. If any of you else have, I really appreciate it. Uh, takes about 10 minutes, gives you a chance to win a $100 uh, gift card to Ticketmaster. And it's uh, lockedonpodcast.com slash survey to take the survey, update us on what you think, see what we might be able to do for you in the future. Um, it helps us make a lot of decisions and see um, what you want. And you guys have built this network, so I appreciate it. All right, so Danny's talking about player involvement. And to me, there were, th- there were three things. Danny's a player. Core of all of Danny is that he was a player. Great one. And so, yeah, there's going to be player involvement. You're not going to do this search out in a silo and go do the head coaching and then inform the players that this is what they get regardless of what they want or not. Two, players are incredi- incredible data points. If Donovan Mitchell is in fact pro the Johnny Bryant. Why? What is it you like about Johnny Bryant? Why do you think Johnny Bryant would resonate to the whole team? Interview Donovan Mitchell about Johnny Bryant. If Rudy Gobert is pro Lamar Skeeter, why? What is it about Lamar Skeeter? Why do you think this guy who didn't play in the NBA and didn't play high-profile college coming up through the scouting ranks is actually a secret, brilliant coach You know who might be able to do some things. It's the same way that if you're looking at Alex Jensen or you're looking at Johnny Bryant, you should probably be talking to Lamar Skeeter, who is an assistant coach and knows them both very, very well. You should be talking to Vince Lagarza. You should be talking to Brian Bailey. They're a data point. They're a super important data point. Probably no different than anything else in life. You've got to make sure how you ask the questions right. 
you want to avoid having Donovan Mitchell put a definitive flag in the ground that says, I must have Terry Stotts as my head coach because of what he did with Damian Lillard. All right. Now, like, that's that's an unproductive comment by Donovan, frankly, without any knowledge of who the other candidates are. And so you change that conversation that way. That's where player involvement is tricky because if you come and just ask them, like, well, who do you want? And then you take somebody else, you're ignoring them. But if you involve them and talk to them and communicate with them like they're humans and ask them questions, then it can only be valuable. They're the most important data point in some ways. What is it that you... I'm tight with... Donovan and C.J. McCollum do stuff together. What does C.J. say about Terry Stotts? Right? Donovan, is Donovan tight with anyone in the Lakers? I, off the top of my head, I can't think of, you know, who it would be. But what do they say about Frank Vogel? What did they say went wrong in L.A. last year? What do they say went wrong in Orlando? What do they say went right in Indiana? What do the players say? Players talk. Players communicate. Players explain. Invol- not involving the players would be ignoring a massive data point. If you know anything about me, I believe in the data points, right? I think analytics are super important as a data point in the collection of things you're looking at when you're building a team, a roster, how you're running your plays, doing other things. It's a piece of the puzzle. Player involvement in the coaching search is the exact same. You don't want your player to pick the head coach, right? You don't like, you're you're trying to avoid that, but because... Otherwise, what are you doing with your job? And frankly, I'm not sure players understand the own chaos that Dana keeps talking about that they create. But not involving them? Insanity. Donovan, Chris Quinn. Does Donovan know somebody in Miami? Like Chris Quinn, Dwayne Wade's got incredible insight on Chris Quinn. So you're talking to Dwayne Wade about Chris Quinn, Miami assistant. Who in Milwaukee do people know that Charles Lee is around? And what is he like? Brian Bailey, current jazz assistant, I think might have been at Bucknell with Charles Lee. Well, let's find out what he was like as a player. That's the background stuff that, Don, that, that, that Danny was talking about. So all of those things kind of play together into this. All right, the last thing I talked to, and so of course you have player involvement. And Danny said it perfectly, the way you're going to have player involvement. You're good, and you've got to, and I thought the other thing he said is so brilliant. You've got to sell them. You've got to make them believe. That's no different than what I do every day as CEO of Lockdown. Our staff has to believe in what we're building and what we're trying to do. If they don't believe in it, they're not going to work. They're not going to, they're not going to do what's hard. This is all of these things, life, job, everything. These things are hard. If you don't believe what you're doing, you're not going to do them. You're not going to do them well, certainly. All right, the last thing I thought was interesting, because I ask one question and I get a different answer. And that's the other thing when I chart an interview, when someone answers something different than what was asked, it's something they want out there as a message. They're showing it without why they're, they're throwing their net. But I thought this was really interesting as kind of the last piece of this puzzle in this conversation with Danny Ainge. Thing for you. I will look back at the hiring of Brad Stevens and read a bunch of the articles about it. And it was a stunner at the time. In fact, there hadn't been a lot of college coaches that it had NBA success. So it was a little out of the box. Quinn followed then as a former college and pro assistant. Um, but there had not been a lot of singular college coaches. Is there an out, has the game changed in a way that there's another out of the box move or something different than the traditional hiring that you have in your head right now as you start the search? Well, you know, so one thing that's different now is, you know, when I was in those hires, I was out on the road all the time. I mean, I had a special relationship with Doc Rivers 
as a, a former opponent of his in, in very heated uh, physical game, seven game battles with Atlanta, um, I was able to work television and like spend time with Doc before playoff games and, and talk to him through what he was going through. And I developed a really good relationship and I was able to watch and observe so much that he was doing. And then with Brad, I was able to watch practices and games and watch how he was able to change and execute a completely different game plan in an NCAA tournament from one game to another with very little practice time and get a bunch of college kids to execute that way. And it was, I was especially impressed. So uh, I remember standing with our owner who was a big Duke grad, Steve Pagliuca in Boston. And I was sitting at the national championship game with Duke and, and Butler. And I told him from across, the, we're sitting on the front row and I said, as they went to shake hands, I said, there's the best coach in college basketball. And he goes, oh yeah, Coach K is like the best coach ever maybe. And I said, no, Brad Stevens is the best coach in college basketball. And I was teasing with him a little bit at the time, but like I was so impressed with what Brad had done. This was a year or two before, you know, the time came up. But, you know, because I haven't been on the road lately because of COVID and I don't have that television relationship with as many coaches, it's, it's, it's not the same. Um, so that's why we'll have, I'm going to spend more time where... Uh, in the last two hires, it was, those were my first choice guys, and let's see if we can get them, where I don't have that this time. I, there's there's a lot of guys. That's the most interesting thing he said. The chaos thing is probably awesome. But to me, maybe the most interesting thing he said, I don't have first choice. And we can see it. Stotts, Vogel, Jensen, Bryant, Skeeter, Quinn, Chris Quinn. How weird do we go from, from Quinn to Quinn? Chris Quinn, Charles Lee, Kevin Young, Joe Mullinex, different, Will Hardy, different, wide-ranging, huge, huge depth in who they're talking to. And I think that's, Danny's aware. The other one is no question who's running this thing. Like, one of the most, one of the truly unique people in the history of the NBA, player, also Major League Baseball player, incredible, TV announcer, general manager, done it all, is running this search. He seems pretty complete, control, comfortable in that. That, that would be the other maybe biggest takeaway. The, the two biggest comments, I think, are the chaos. It comes up multiple times. Player involvement, he answers in the right way because he's been there and he is a player. It's a new search. There's a lot of research he has to do. And he's in it. He's in. He's in deep. One of the most truly exceptional people of the NBA is in deep. I think that's as important as anything else out of this. That is Locked on Jazz today. We'll start breaking down the candidates. We'll do the rest back with you tomorrow. Friday, I like to do questions. Uh, send me a question at hashtag AskLOJ. I want to try something. Send me a question with hashtag AskLOJ. I might be able to flip through them uh, on a new technique we have and a new little graphics package we have. That's hashtag AskLOJ. Thanks very much for tuning in to Lockdown Jazz. Make Lockdown NBA Big Board your second listen today.